Hello. Hello and welcome to the Alternative Twats podcast. So called. Because we're alternative. And, and I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> I feel like it has actually. I know we keep saying this every week now, but I feel like this has been forever since we podcasted. Actually, to be fair, so we're recording this. On the day it goes out today. Yeah, on the Sunday. On the Sunday. Sunday the 8th. The Lord's Day. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, we're desecrating. With, with our, our drinking and... Alternativeness. And stupid opinions. Um, but we recorded it about half a week early last time. Mm. So it's been like two and a half weeks, I think. Yeah, I, I've, I have been having withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. Just from my Brian. Oh, you cutie. He's, t- he's rubbing my shoulder. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> but yes, we're happy to be back, um, and I hope you're happy to be back. Because if you're not, stop listening. Like, uh, <laughs> turn it off. Just like, turn it off. Just now. look after yourself. You've got no obligation. <laughs> How was your Easter? Well, so I wanted to talk about Easter, and I said okay. on the last podcast I want to talk about Easter. That's true. Hold up, I'm going to hold you right yeah. there. Yeah. Should we crack open a beer? Let's first? crack open a beer. Right. I'm going to make an executive decision. Yep. Go for Mosaic it. single hop IPA. Mosaic. So called for the type of. It has a mosaic on the. Oh, is that the yeast? I think that's the type of yeast, yeah. No, it's not. Yeast. <laughs> no, I'm um, pretty sure there is mosaic yeast. Mosaic is named for the artistic assortment of floral, juicy aromas and flavours that it presents. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that the yeast produces the floral juiciness. Pray silence for the crack. I'm sorry. It's because I cracked it this time. You did. Right, give me that. Is that? Yeah, that's acceptable. Okay. <laughs> There's just a little bit of dirt for that. I not a lot of people know this about beer, but it tastes nicer from a dirty glass. Hmm. So um... it's funny how mine isn't dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's almost as if you care. They were in the cupboard, stacked. I think, and yours uh, was on top. Right. I'm always on top. <laughs> I'm a power button. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to take it on the nose. That smells good. Oh, that smells very good. Well, we've had a lot of complex, like, oh, yes, this beer makes you think of Arabian... <laughs> <laughs> the, the Arabian Peninsula and geography. And Persian all rugs. Yeah. <laughs> but this, this is a beer. This is just this a is lovely beer. This is an IPA. Beer. This smells juicy, to be fair. Mm, it smells quite juicy. Are we, we going to do a clink? Mm. To being a power bottom. <laughs> mm. Oh... That is oh, a good that is it's so good. Mm. <laughs> that, is a, that is a good beer. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah, de- oh. would definitely recommend. There's a there's a, like a nuttiness to it. It's almost mm. like um, like a hazelnuttiness. Mm. Uh, very very full. Quite dark actually. I expected it to be lighter, but yeah. it is just a fantastic beer. Well done, Mosaic. <sighs> well done. Wait, who 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 are you? Brewed exclusively for Beer 52's Elements oh. Project. So, well done, Beer 52. Well done, Beer 52. You've done very well. You've done very, very well. Very, the girls very did well. not. <laughs> <laughs> That's an incredibly niche joke. Mm. Um, Message me on Facebook if you want to get that joke. I'm not going to explain it here. No, there's it's a no, long time. This is, there's no, this is no place to explain it. Right, Ben, yes. Easter. Easter. So, I, I don't particularly care about Easter that much. Mm-hmm. Like... I'm not really a big one on chocolate. I'm yeah. not really a big one on human sacrifice. <laughs> so the, I like the two main demographics I do not fall into. Yeah. One thing that I do not like about Easter, Good Friday. Do you okay. know what happened on Good Friday? 
That's when Jesus died. Jesus fucking died. Yeah. <laughs> Might have been a good fr- Friday for someone. Wasn't a good Friday for Jesus. <laughs> but I think a good Friday for everyone, because he died for our sins. That's another thing, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> if Jesus died for my sins, and I don't sin, he's not getting his money's worth. But let's be honest. <laughs> He's getting his money's worth. <laughs> He's getting his money worth. <laughs> um, yeah, well, do you, you know what I love about Easter? Yeah. So, like you. I mean, granted, I like the chocolate. I've got some Easter eggs down there. Oh. But my thing, my problem with Easter, when it comes to the Easter eggs, I get the Easter eggs, and then I don't eat them until, like, July. Yeah. They just sit there. They're, you can see some right there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, There's two there. I haven't touched them. That box is open, but nothing's been eaten out of it. Um, i got some cream eggs down there. Nothing's been eaten, and nothing is going to get eaten until fucking June or July, because I'm just, I eat chocolate so slowly, mm, and yeah, I, I'm too. glad that I do, because I, like, you know, people tell me that they, like, eat a whole Easter egg in half an hour, and I'm like, so surely if it takes me a week to eat an Easter egg, that's, like, a healthier way of doing it, I imagine. I think, yeah, there are two ways of looking at it. One, your dentist says, eat it all in one go. And then you only get one shot of sugar to the teeth. Oh, okay. So then, like, so but then if you were constantly eating chocolate, mm. then you would get lots and lots of hits of um, chocolate. But then, probably anyone else who cares about your health that's not your teeth yeah. would say, don't eat it all in one go because you might go into a diabetic coma. Or, yeah. or at the very least, give yourself an insulin spike and then you won't feel very nice. Indeed. Um, so it's. So, yeah, so there's yeah. that. But, tell you what I absolutely fucking love about Easter, was that four-day weekend. Oh my god, that oh. was... See, I, I'm very, very bad at taking days off. Like, I, can't, I, I need to book holiday off, and everyone else at work has had holiday off. Yeah. I don't really know how to do it, or to, to decide, oh yes, this week yeah. I'm going to take off. It's quite a difficult thing for me to do, but someone telling me, legally, you can't go in. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Um... Yeah, it's, because uh, as well, because there was football on the Friday. Yeah. So the Friday felt like Saturday. Yeah. I got to Saturday, and it felt like a Sunday. And then I still had two more days mm. before going back to work. Like, on the Sunday, on what felt like a Sunday. Yeah. I already had two more days. It was, that was a beautiful It was thing. luxurious. In it fact, was. it was so luxurious that I started to do things that I never normally do, like cook. Oh. And go for a run. <laughs> In fact, the weather has just been fantastic. Like, Saturday and Sunday. There was a couple of days. Yeah. Today, it is dreary today, and fucking miserable. Today, I have soggy knees <laughs> from cycling to rides in the rain. <laughs> but on Sunday, it was like, you know, what is snow? There is no such thing as snow. There is just going to be sun forever and ever. I refuse to believe <laughs> That there will be anything other than this glorious, glorious weather. I was driving around um, in my car, my shitty little Vauxhall Corsa, um, listening to Be My Little Rock and, uh, rock and Roll Queen by the Subways. Mm. Um, and I felt like a baller. In... I love putting good music on in the car mm, when it's, it's sunny. It's so good, yeah. really adds to it. Like I was driving, doing some driving last week when it was a really nice day with some John Mayer on, and it was like 7 o'clock, so it was proper like evening, oh, yeah. it was like spring like evening. Ugh, so nice. That mm. was... that was Poetic. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, but yeah, I'm loving that the snow's finally 
fucking gone. Yeah, I mean, like, can we all pretend... Can we stop pretending that snow is a good thing? Like, once a year, maybe. Yeah. You know? And then it needs to go the next day. And it better be enough that I don't have to go into work. Yeah, that's, that too, that too. Because <laughs> otherwise, what's the point? Don't cause major disruptions on the tube. Yeah. Just cause them to stop. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. But yeah, glad that's gone. Glad we're in spring now. It's proper started to, like... Smell like spring outside it's as well. Sprung. Yeah. yeah, and it's really I. I always think spring is my least favorite season, but it's not. Yeah, it's definitely not. Winter is my least favorite season. Yeah, like I always used to think think that I love winter, and and I do to an extent. You know, I like wrapping up warm and all that stuff, but I like that more in August. No, mm. not August. Sorry, autumn. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. You're wrapping up warm in August. I'm wrapping up warm by not wearing much at all in August. Yeah. Um, no, but in autumn. I love autumn, like that's a really nice season. And spring, spring always reminds me, this is going to sound weird, spring now always takes me back to like my last spring of sixth form mm. in 2014 when I was like, I don't know, I used to skateboard a lot mm. and I used to, like, especially in the springtime and I remember going to like, going to a Korean restaurant um, <laughs> in on like the other, like near fucking Clapham. Yeah. And that was a really nice thing, and I was very spring that day. And I just it just brings back like memories of those certain things. For me, free uh, for me, uh, spring is like it's an emancipation. Like you are free. No longer do you have to like protect yourself before you even <laughs> go outside because your nose will fall off due to frostbite. Mm. You can go outside in a t-shirt and not have your nipples be glass. Indeed, which is um, it's, it's a very pleasant feeling. It is. It's weird to think. Three weeks, literally three weeks ago, yeah. I went to see All Time Low uh, at Ali Pali, and I was queuing in the shitting snow. Like, yeah. it was really fucking coming down. That was three weeks ago, and now it's like, it was like 17 degrees yesterday. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so, I've, I've, a thought just popped into my head. Our American listeners just listened to two British guys <laughs> talk about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little slice of English life for you. Looking at our statistics, we appear to get more American listeners than English ones. Oh, okay. Maybe we should do accents. No, no, no. <laughs> don't, no, no. I'm shutting that down now. I'm shutting your butt down. I just did an accent to you do did. my Quentin Tarantino impression. Oh. God damn. Have you ever seen that interview? I haven't, no. They start, like, questioning him about Oh, about something. violence, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I'm shutting your butt down in the interview. It's so funny. Um, that's, that's the thing I really love. I love watching celebrity interviews that fall to pieces. Yeah, me too. Because like, I always usually feel for the celebrity because mm. the, the reporter's obviously pushing questions that they've said they don't want to answer or mm. whatever. Like, Have you seen the one with Robert Downey Jr. and... Uh, Was it his cocaine? Or yeah, like, so... I can't remember that. The guy from Channel 4. Uh, like, it's not like Alan Carr or something. No, so. the Channel 4 News, sorry. No, I haven't got him in my head, I'm sorry. Uh, the, um... Anyway, what, what's the story? Anyway, um... Yeah, so he's interviewing... To um... <laughs> I nearly said Tony Stark. <laughs> <laughs> he's interviewing Robert Downey Jr. about the new Avengers film. And... Um... He starts asking about Robert Downey Jr.'s, like, complicated relationship with his father. And he's like... <laughs> And his like time in prison and his drug problem and stuff, and he's like, Robert Downey Jr. is just like, what, what is this? Like, this is I'm here to promote like mm. the Avengers, not you know, not answer questions like this. And in the end, he just like 
takes his, his shit off, gets up and walks out. And I, as much as I, like, I, I love watching stuff like that. I'm like, ha fuck, fucking hell. Yeah. But at the same time, I really feel for Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I, I suppose situation. the butt of the joke is the journalist ask, asking the shit question. Though. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you're being a fucking dick, so of course he walks mm. out on you. I'm not like, ha-ha, he felt uncomfortable. <laughs> but, so, yeah. The, um, I, I think it was Krishnan Guru, mm. Murth- Guru mm-hmm. Murphy. Yeah, I can never remember his name. Yeah. I, I in mean, fact, I don't maybe, know what he looks like. Maybe understandably. You recognise him if you saw him. Okay. If you saw a picture, Google him. I will Google him. Because you're going to recognise him. You're going to know who he is. Speaking of Murphy, uh, I have... Oh, yes, that guy! Yeah, him. Google him, lads. You'll know him. Um, So, yeah, speaking of Murphy, my parents went to Ireland this week. (laughs) (laughs) What? I hope they went to a place called Murphy or they know someone called Murphy. So I was talking, last podcast, I was talking about how like most Irish people don't drink Guinness. Right. They drink the other one. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's like Jeffrey's or whatever it's called. It's Murphy's. Oh, it's Murphy's. Okay. And it is very, very nice. They didn't bring me any back because I'm an unwanted child. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but that's what it's called. I yeah. apologise for not knowing it at the time. Yeah, I think you called it like... St. James's or something yes. last week. <laughs> I mean, let's 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 put that behind us. Let's move <laughs> forward. Um. So this week, right? You know what? Because we keep forgetting it the last two times. What have you been listening to? I have been listening to the new Vaccines album, Ooh. which I think is called. Con- uh, um, I want to say Damage Control, but it's not that, is it? Or mm. Control Damage, or it's called something. It's it's got the word damage in it. I'm sure. No, does it? What is it? I, I see. I wanted to say, what did you expect from the vaccine? Combat sports. Combat sports. Combat sports. Yeah, because I was listening to. There's a great playlist on Apple Music called um, "Kebab on the Night Bus," and it's just really good, like British indie rock, like Ooh, yeah. that you would listen to while eating your kebab on the night bus, right? <laughs> and it's a great playlist, but they update it frequently. And mm. I was listening to that in the car the other day, and Combat Sports came on, and I was like, oh, this is really good. I'm surprised I hadn't heard this before, not realising it it's, came it's like a brand new yeah. song. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that's that's good, I like that. Mm. Yeah, the, the um, if if it's both, if it's true for the both of us, they should put it on a t-shirt, banging, li- banging mm. lyric, banging lyric. And in fact, we did put it on a t-shirt, because we are both alternative twats, and we have alternative twats t-shirts. Mm. <laughs> Art mirrors life. <laughs> what have you been listening to, Brian? I a whole bunch. So <coughs> let me have a look. <laughs> Where's my phone gone? Where bloody put that? You uh, you messed up, boy. Are you sitting on it? No. Where's I've it gone? Al- I've also been listening to a lot of Therapy Taxi, which is like a weird French pop band. Got it. Um. And so they do a lot of like very angry rapping in French, which is nice. You listen to a lot of French music, I don't do, you? I do, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I'm like, you <laughs> French you listening get the fuck out of my house. <clears throat> no sacre blurs in my ears, please. <laughs> so, um, a sometimes known, I was going to say little well known, a little known or well known fact, but I don't think it's either a sometimes known, depending on whether you know me or not, <laughs> fact. Is that I've been to France every year for the last like sixteen years mm. in a row. He's a francophile. And you would think, after that, I'd speak pretty good French. Mm. No, 
<laughs> no. You're such a typical English. <laughs> I am, and I hate it. Like, <laughs> I remember years ago, I made one video blog. One. Yeah. I was going to be a YouTuber. I made one. In French? No. No. But it was, a, I remember I was telling the story on it about how it was about British people on holiday. And I was in France, and this person uh, wanted a, 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 like a Stella. Mm and uh they were the, the person didn't understand what they were saying they were like oh could i get one stella and then the person uh, who was serving them was kind of like oh i'm sorry i don't understand and he they just like just said it slower and louder mm. like one stella <laughs> as if that's going to make them fucking understand and i feel like that's british people on holiday and all that is lot. yeah a lot of just add more hand gestures say it louder and slower mm. and they'll get it no <laughs> Um, so what have we been listening to? Okay, so there's a song, I Like The Way This Is Going, by Eels. Ooh. And I was, like the way this is going. It was in the credits of an episode of Love on Netflix. Oh, yes. So just to piggyback on that, the Generationals, when they fight, they fight. Uh, which I think you've seen the episode that that's on the credits too. When they fight, they fight. And when they come home at night, they say... I love you, baby. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure if I've seen that one. Sorry, rip, rip users. <laughs> rip anyone with ears. <laughs> you to hear that. <laughs> um, go back and skip it. Just go back and skip it. But yeah, that's a really good song. Um, that's There's an episode of Love where they both get sick. And it's in the credits of that one. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. Um, and if you remember the end of that episode, then you can see why that song mm. is used. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to Know How by Young MC. A whole bunch. What? What is that? It's a song Sound. from 1988. Right. Um, it's hip hop from an album called Stone Cold Rhyming. <laughs> uh, I really want to see you dance to that. Oh, I, I've been learning the lyrics. I can, I can oh. like rap this whole song now. You know yes. how you are with jump around. Yes. This is my jump around. Yes. And it's like speedy. There's mm. a lot of words. I couldn't do it off the top of my head, but I'm getting there. But I've been listening to that a whole bunch. It's that such a catchy song, such a great song. It excites me a lot. Um, I'm waiting for a good karaoke opportunity. Mm, yeah, that would be a killer. In fact, I could be your warm up, and then you, and then people are like, "Oh, this white boy can rap." You're like, "Yeah, jump around." And then I'm like, "There's a lyric." <laughs> there's a like lyric. A rap hang on. god. <laughs> yeah, hang on. There's a lyric that's really good. Um, right, let me just find it. Um, Cold like a blizzard on the mic, I am the wizard with the funky fresh rhymes coming out of my gizzard. And it's such a good, it's such a good lyric. There's, um, so that's a great song. It's on the soundtrack to Baby Driver, if you have seen Baby uh, Driver. I have not seen Baby Driver. Um, but I was, I was in H&M recently and it was on and I was like, I know this song, what song hmm. is this? So I like, I don't use Shazam, I use um, Soundhound. Mm. So I did that and realised what the song was. And I was like, oh, it's that song. And then I've just been listening to it like non-stop ever since. Um, H&M. Yes. Expand in your world. This week, so I'm just going to preface what else I've been listening to by mm. saying this week I'm going to a gig every single night of the week. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I'm going to a concert. Three of those <laughs> are the same band. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that band being the Wonder Years, right. um, who have been one of my favourite bands for the last five fucking years. Mm. Um... And they had a new album come out on Friday. 
You should wear the same outfit so that maybe the, <laughs> maybe the band will recognise you each night. I feel like the height might just do it for me, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but that, the... that one guy crouching in a 50-foot stadium. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, their new album is, is, is fantastic. Uh, I think as a fan of their music, listening through all their albums, it feels like everything's just built up to this album. Mm. And like this is the album that they were meant to make. And it's just all been like building up to this, and it's fucking fantastic. The stars have aligned. Yeah, literally. Um, so I'm really so two of those shows are like full band proper shows, and one of them is an acoustic show. So I'm not like okay. It's not like three of exactly the same. It's yeah. two of exactly the same, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one yeah because it's, they're doing an acoustic show in a church. So Ooh, I was like, very very good. Yeah, I, I couldn't really miss that because I pre-ordered the vinyl from Banquet Records. Shout out to Banquet Records. Great little um, independent record store in Kingston, Kingston upon Thames. Um, Good place. Yeah, a very nice place. Um, but they do they do so many like in store shows and like sh- they sort of put on shows and stuff like that. And uh, they've been very involved with Wonder Years for like a, a lot of years. First time I ever saw the Wonder Years was the, them doing an acoustic set inside the shop, um, back in twenty thirteen. Mm. Did um, you know who they were at the time, or were you just? Yeah, like, yeah, no, they were oh, already okay. like this yeah. is when they were already like my favorite band. Yeah, um, and I'd pre-ordered their album, um, and it was like album and a ticket, and mm. then I met them afterwards, got it signed, got a photo with them, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's so cool. They're all really nice people as well. Um, but yeah, so I pre-ordered the new album from Banquet uh, on vinyl, and it's beautiful. It's like blue, mm. oh, oh. Um, and because they're doing the same thing, it'd be like album and a ticket. I only bought the album, but you could like get an upgrade for like five quid to get a ticket to the show. So I thought, yeah, fuck it, why not? So that's tomorrow night. Excited for that. Um, you are a glutton for music, aren't you? I really am. I'm a slut for some good music. <laughs> um, so that's very exciting. I'm also seeing. I'm seeing a band called Night Riots on Tuesday. They they sound more like my thing. They're quite. Um, you meet a sixty. Oh, okay, they're not my thing. No. I mean, they're, they're quite good. I'll show you them later. You might yeah. like them still. They're like, you know, it's British rock, so. Okay. Um, and I'm also, and then on Friday I'm seeing Lower Than Atlantis. Lower? Yes. Which is like beneath the ocean floor. Yeah. But um, I'm very excited for that, because they're from Watford. Yes. Which I, that, is where I, I went to school. And they're doing a big, like, homecoming show in Watford, like a Watford Coliseum. So that's going to be really cool, so I'm really excited for that. So, yeah. Yeah, you are. Big week. You're going to be musicked out. You're going to be like, just play me some static music, please. <laughs> just play some white noise. Yeah. <laughs> um, but another thing that I've been listening to an awful lot of. Um, a, a terrible amount. An awful, terrible amount. Oh, my God. She is. She has to be one of the most attractive people on the planet. She is. So I've just uh, risen... Arisen. I've just lifted uh, m- this month's copy of GQ magazine that I, I have purchased, and it has the cover star Dua Lipa. Now I've spoken about Dua Lipa before. Yeah, um, I don't think you. I don't think our, our opinions as a podcast on Dua Lipa are, <laughs> are, are hidden. A, yes, um, and I absolutely love Dua Lipa, uh, and I've been listening to her a whole bunch. I'm seeing her next week on the twentieth at Ali Pali, which mm. is going to be very exciting. Um, and she just on Friday as well brought out a new song with Calvin Harris. Yeah, and it's it goes off. 
It does. I'm not a big fan of it, I'll be honest. I can understand why. It's, it's like, it's so much club music. It very much it, is, that yeah. it like, it gets out of my... Yeah. It's maybe like, I need to have heard it drunk and like flailing house. around. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, it's like the, the sort of, there's a lot of like retro tunes in it mm. that really get me going, like melodies that just get me going. But yeah, it, on the sort of surface, it is just like, it's like deep house. Mm. But... Maybe I need to listen to it with a more refined ear. Yeah, not I. maybe. I need, well, full stop, I need to stop listening to things with my eyes. <laughs> That's probably That's my first mistake. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, Dua Lipa's uh, the cover star for GQ, British GQ, this month. Mm. And uh, her interview's really cool. It's good well, what did she say? Give us a too long, didn't read. Says a lot. Oh, I can't TLDR it. It's. Uh, what, I, what's it's the most shocking thing that she says? That uh, Homesick was written with Chris Martin. Oh, God. Yeah. Chris Martin of Coldplay fame. Mm-hmm. And he features on it as well, apparently, which I never knew. <laughs> and I was like, I can never listen to this song ever again. <laughs> um, and But also, she writes like all of her songs herself. Apart from the ones... Apart from New Rules. Apart from New Rules? New Rules is the only song on her album that she didn't write herself. Um, it was written by two other women. Uh, and they literally came to her with the song. Mm. And they were like... You need, you need to sing this. Yeah. Like we're not showing this to anyone else. We really want you to sing this. So she did, and it is probably the biggest song of last year. It is a banger. Mm. Um, if it were a firework, it'd be a banger. It would. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah, every other song she wrote herself, and she's had like a, a whole bunch of other big songs. Like do you, it, although New Rules was the biggest, mm. you know, be the one hotter than hell. I don't give a fuck is massive. I don't at the give a fuck. I like that's big at the moment. So you know. But uh, it's a great interview. I would recommend buying and reading it. I really like GQ magazine as well, actually. Yeah, I was uh, like looking at the cover. I'll read you out the, the like subtitles. Alistair Campbell versus Michael Wolfe. That sounds very very dry. Mm. <laughs> uh, living with the with war's worst injury. That doesn't sound immediately make me want to buy this thing. Mm. The Return of Westworld entertainment stuff. Your new manifesto of masculinity. I wonder what that says, and mm. maybe you can give us a pricey after you've read it. Yes, that's, I, I read that and I was like, interesting. Not sure how I feel about that, but interesting. But this uh, next one is is a good one. And could Jacob Rees-Mogg get any worse? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. Um, that's a good little bit, actually. Talking about Jacob Rees-Mogg. Mm. Apparently, um, no, you know what? I'm not getting into Jake, Jacob Rees-Mogg. Well, not on this fucking podcast. Is there, a, is there an interesting fact... Well, there's a there's a magazine called Tatler or something. Yeah. And they're all about posh people things. Mm. And uh, apparently they don't consider or didn't consider Jacob Rees-Mogg Jacob Rees-Mogg to be actually posh. Oh, he's putting it on. Because um he well he's not now. Like he has like a 100 million pound fortune and he lives in a fucking mansion and he's mm. you know as upper class as it can be, but because he didn't come from like posh family initially, right? He came from like a line of vicars or something. So they were like, "We can't feature him. He's not posh. He's not real posh or something." I'm like, "Jesus Christ!" See, that's interesting to me because, oh, sorry, pray time. What, what are we going to go for? Another beer? Yes, we're going for the. We're going to go for hunky dory oatmeal glory, which is the chocolate which stout. Which is the oatmeal chocolate coffee stout. Oh, I'm very excited for this. I know that you are not. <laughs> I am. Um, I pray silence for the crack. I enjoyed the last one that we had, which was the chubby fingers thing. Mm. There's an interesting thing about um, 
class that I remember doing in my GCSE sociology course of um, think think of Wayne Rooney. What class is he? Because he's very very rich. Mm. Is he upper class? Is he middle class? He's probably still working class. But he's he's not. Even though by definition, surely. Well, I think that there are more things to class than just economics. Oh, certainly. I do agree. But once you're earning £250,000 a week, can you really... But if, if he tried to join like a country shooting club... I reckon he would be perfectly fine trying to join a country shooting club. Do you think so? Yeah, I think he would. See, I think that if, if you had, as quite a lot of posh people do, fuck you money... That, yeah. that you would just be like, no, you're not part of our club. We're we're like special boys who like to murder animals. Yeah, I get that, but also money talks. Money does talk. Um, and he is. It's not, a jabra. He's not only got money; he's very famous as well. Mm. So, regardless of you know, I I yeah, I think that um, in that case, it it does supersede. Um. That he uh, he's not working class. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I think I, I concede that he's not working class. The, the, but the, I think it's an interesting thing to think about. Is how oh, much certainly. money yeah. does it take for you to stop being working class? Yeah, like Mike Skinner from the streets. Yeah. How would I don't know how. Yeah, because I don't really know what his lifestyle is. Like, yeah, I was gonna say I, I use that as an example, but I mean the music is very you know like working class music, mm. but uh, I don't know what. I mean, well, all right, Liam Gallagher. Yeah, Liam Gallagher is a good, a good example because I feel like he he like him and his brother came from very very working class backgrounds yeah. where all they had was a guitar. Um, so you know they've got they come from working class backgrounds. They I feel like they have working class mindsets, but but they are incredibly incredibly wealthy. <laughs> incredibly wealthy. Have you seen that? <laughs> also, have you seen that video of uh, Liam Gallagher? At, um... Oh, I think it was Glastonbury. Glastonbury when he's talking about making the tea. Yeah, that's so funny. And he's like, in the nineties, like, I have someone on the kettle, someone on the tea bag, someone to do the sugar, and someone else to bloody hand it to me. It's fucking rock and roll these days, isn't it, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> now I've got to make my own bloody cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. But yeah, I would. Say, yeah, I don't think anyone with that amount of fame and money mm. realistically can be considered working class. Uh, I think that there's more nuance to that, but also I would like to take a sip. So I'm yes. just going to take this on the nose. It's a lot more mild than the other one. It was very lively, mm, which makes me happy. Mm. <laughs> oh. So I'm just going to go in for a supplementary sip. That is mild. That's nice, subtle. Oh, it's very smooth. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like this one. Is it, there is a smokiness to it? Yeah, I definitely. Think. But it is just like entirely full. Mm -hmm. like you can take a sip and then wait half an hour you can still taste it mm -hmm. type thing yeah it's nice mm. that's a good one <laughs> so one of the things that I've been worrying about because over this past week I've decided that I want to do keto so it's like a ketotonic diet mm. which is where you get mo most of your calories from fat which um a lot of people think, oh, fat is like a really, really unhealthy thing, but it's all to do with whether or not you're eating too much of anything, yeah. essentially. Um, so what the ketotonic propaganda says 
uh, is that when you're eating carbohydrates, you'll like eat a loaf of bread or a couple of slices of bread maybe, um, and then you'll experience like a massive sugar rush. You'll then you'll then have a load of insulin go into your blood to um, compensate for that, and then you'll be burning the glucose. Uh, and your kidneys will have to like, and your and your liver will have to deal with all this insulin. Whereas if you're just eating fat, you produce ketones, which is like the fat energy, the fat glucose. Um, and uh, apparently you get less insulin spikes, and it keeps you fuller for long longer, and it like makes it easier to put on muscle, which is the main reason why I'm doing it because I'm a skinny little rat at the moment, <laughs> and I want to get buff, I want to get beefy. Beth. So. <laughs> So um, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it goes. But the, there is one fly in the ointment, <laughs> and that is that we we do a beer podcast. Yeah. Beer is made of almost entirely carbohydrates. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about that, to be honest. So, I mean, I'm not going full keto, obviously, because like once every two weeks. But also, I mean, beer, other than... Uh, one- I'm so what I'm thinking about is experimenting with just vodka, like mm. vo- straight vodka. What no? No mixer. No diet lemonade. No, no diet lemonade. That's interesting. Th- if it's if it's like ice cold, then it's fine. Yeah, I, well, I like the taste of vodka anyway. So fair enough. Um, so I, I I'd actually be okay with it. I I just I'm. Worried about being out with all of my football lads, mm, and, and they're just like, having a... uh, "Point, point, 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 <laughs> point, point, point." Can I get a vodka, please? <laughs> just a vodka on the rocks. She'll know what it means. <laughs> She'll know what it means. I like that you uh, really bigged up a, a camp stereotype for drinking clear spirits. There, <laughs> <laughs> I just mean that. With my football lads, we have a very hegemonic mas- mas- I'm, I'm kidding. hegemonic masculinity. Yes, and um, yeah, there's something about it's yeah, when it comes to football, it's a whole. Mm. Mm. Like um, there's I don't know if you've um, experienced this, but there's a real big push to try and get rid of homophobia in football. Yeah, and like, thankfully, I don't see it that often. I was going to say it's not something that I really see very often at all yeah and which it, is good but um but uh, like it, i feel like the campaign to like stop homophobia in football has empowered a lot of people to like when a footballer falls over you just call him an idiot yeah rather than a puff yeah and i think that it's that switch that needs to be made i was gonna and say it, actually. and it empowers you to be able to say like just call him an idiot my friend mm. i think um Actually, yeah, puff is something that I have heard a few times of football. Mm. I guess that is, that's a common one, and it's and it's odd as well because you don't know how much to challenge people because like if someone was shouting obscenities in yeah. the, in the street, then like just f you, you're a wanker, da 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 da, <laughs> then you'd be like, sorry, my friend, you might want to avert this course of action, but that's acceptable at the football because yeah. of society's rules. But that's, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's just society's rules. That's also, it's very much part of like the fan culture in the game. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you know, and, and you get stuff like that in any kind of situation. Like when I went to see the room and people, mm. was that, Oh, 
I haven't spoken about that since... You haven't spoken about the room. Oh, shit. That's cool. Right. Are we done talking about the football? Yeah, uh, well, I just want to say that I'm glad that homophobia is starting to recede. Yeah, Carry definitely. On. And like, we do need a... more out footballers in the Premier League. I was going to say there are any. There's been, I think there's one or two, uh, because there's, there's been a few that have come out like recently, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, The Room. Mm-hmm. So I saw it in the cinema. The Room. And fuck me, it was the most fun cinema experience I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life. I can't even describe it. So everyone bought plastic spoons. For what? For what reason? So there's in in the film in the background now. I what they must have done when they were shooting the film is they bought some photo frames and then just left the stock photos in the photo frames <laughs> and not taken them out because all the photos in the photo frames in the background are of spoons. <laughs> <laughs> and any time they come into shot, everyone just goes spoons and starts throwing <laughs> like throwing spoons at the screen like and people. Bought, there was someone who must have bought like an actual bin bag full of plastic spoons because you just see this fucking cloud come up <laughs> in this one like bit. I took like three spoons because like that was all I could get my hands on. But people like the spoons sort of land on you from behind, so you've always got like more spoons to throw. And like it's not you can't I wouldn't go and see it for the first time. In the cinema, because yeah. you could barely hear what was going on. <laughs> Although, actually, I say that, but actually, I think I would. Mm. I think having that environment to see it for the first time, the person I was with saw it for the first time, and I think that environment to see that film, because everyone's just shouting over the fucking film. <laughs> every time someone walks in, it's like, oh, hi, Mark. Like, every time someone comes in, and um, sorry, and people were just like shouting at the inaccuracies in the film and like uh how was the cancer thing oh god it's so good that sounds so wrong (laughs) (laughs) but there's this line in the film where she goes she's talking about like some problem with the house or something and she goes and i'm dying (laughs) (laughs) what yeah i got the test results back and i definitely have breast cancer and then her daughter who she's talking to just goes well, everybody dies. And then they just move on and they never talk about it ever again. So and what happened? Everyone just, everyone like quoted the line along perfectly. Oh, brilliant. And then cracked up and started throwing spoons. Because <laughs> that's the thing, the spoons aren't exclusively for when you see spoons. If anything stupid <coughs> happens or if you're like booing, people just start throwing them. So if you ever get a chance to see it in the cinema, take as many plastic spoons as you can. Like, I'm not kidding. Take <laughs> a bag full. Yeah. Because it, there's nothing... I've never had so much fun with spoons. <laughs> and I like to eat. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. They do it at the Prince Charles Cinema in London. Um, and there might be one on the 20th, April the 20th, I think. That is the yeah, day I'm seeing Dua Lipa, so yeah, I can't make it. Now, but um, I think they're doing one then. But honestly, go. Because it is the absolute most fun cinema experience I've ever had. Um, and that is saying something. Mm. So, see, if a film student is saying that, you, <laughs> you know it's got to be good. Yeah, God. But honestly, yeah, it it was just it's a it's a hoop because everyone is so into it as well. Like the entire audience, it was a sold out showing, mm. and everyone was just cracking up and screaming and fucking shouting <laughs> and every time. And there's so many cutaways. 
just shots of San Francisco, like just scenic shots of San Francisco. And every time it does, everyone's like, meanwhile, in San Francisco. And like, there's these like shots of the Golden Gate Bridge and it like pans along the whole thing and people just start chanting like, go, 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 go. <laughs> and then like, there's a massive cheer when it reaches the other side. It's just, it, it's fucking ridiculous, like the amount of fucking shit that goes on. But it's... Uh... Could you drink in there? Was everyone drunk? Yeah, in the, in the um, Prince Charles Cinema, they have an actual bar nice. in the cinema, so you can actually get drinks. Mm. Um, and but I would recommend turning up drunk anyway. I wasn't, but um, but yeah, I didn't it even get like drunk that in would there. Add to the experience. But if you were drunk, my god, that would be some. I'm next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, absolute hoot. Good fun. Um, what yeah, else? But yeah, does. my point with that was what you were saying about like shouting in the street and stuff mm. in a normal cinema that would be entirely unacceptable yeah everyone shouting at that would be awful yeah but it's it's the setting and like the <laughs> can you imagine like one person sitting in there wanting to see the film <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like why is everyone fucking shouting <laughs> or just like an atmosphere like that during like Schindler's List or something <laughs> like <laughs> you know it's uh yeah. Oh, speaking of Schindler's List. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm really worried as to where this is going. No, Steven Spielberg. Oh, okay. I went to see Ready Player One last week. Yeah. Um, which is Steven Spielberg's new film, and it was really good. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. See, I I don't know why, but I've got like a, this level of apprehension that it won't be good. I yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it, and it was very like classic Spielberg, mm. which. I haven't seen in a while from him, really. And, you know, I think... I don't know if you'd like it. You, personally. Yeah. Is it is it very superhero? No, not really. No. So it's all, like... It's it's about... Um, it's set in, like, 2045 or something. Mm. And everyone has this video game thing called the Oasis, which is a VR thing. And everyone, like, spends, like all their time in the Oasis because mm. life outside is relatively shitty. Um, Not much has changed. Yeah. And uh, there's like the creator of the Oasis died mm. and left an, a big Easter egg in the game. And like whoever finds it gets his whole fortune and owns the, the Oasis. Yeah. So there's like a massive corporation who have got who employ like thousands of people just to try and find this Easter egg, mm. and then you've got all the like people that are just wanting to like try and hackers, find it. Like hackers, yeah. Not even hackers, just like regular players, oh, like right. trying to find the, yeah. find the stuff. Um, and it so it's a lot. A lot of it is like in the video game. Mm. So I guess it's not really superhero stuff, but like it's like sci-fi. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very much sci-fi. But it's um, it's really good, really good fun. Um, and there's a lot of, I like the concepts this sounds really good it's very because um, like the creator of the Oasis loved like pop culture so there's like tons of pop culture references uh, in it yeah. as well um, like they have this big race and his car is a DeLorean because uh, that's like yeah. his personal choice of car or whatever and then there's they're, when they're like racing through there's a bit with like King Kong and then he has to like outrun King Kong and stuff like that and like <laughs> The Iron Giant is in it at one point and stuff, and oh, it's like I do like the Iron Giant. There's just loads and loads of like pop culture references, like mm. absolute tons. Um, but it's it's really good and really worth seeing. And it has um, Lena Waithe in it. Is that her name? No idea. The um, 
she is in Master of None. Um, oh. She plays... Why well, can't I remember her name? Denise? Is it Denise? It's not Denise, is it? Is it? I don't know. You know, his his lesbian friend. Oh, her! Yes, I really like her. Yeah, yeah. it is Denise. She's, yeah, she's in Le- it. Yeah, Lena Waithe. You got it in one. You nice. need to believe in yourself, my friend. Nice. Um, but she, yeah, she's great in it as well. Like, um, there's the main actor, Ty Sheridan, maybe, I think his name is. Like, that could I be mean, wrong. I don't know. I mean, you got it last time. But um, he's great. Like, I haven't seen him in anything before. And he this and he was the main character, you know. This is a starring role, and he, he was great. It's T-Y, I think it's spelled. Um, yep. He, he is a person. Yeah, that's him. Yep. Hey, I'm getting I'm getting these spot on. Um, yeah, he that's the first thing I've ever seen him in. He was really good in it. Um, it had uh, Ben Mendelsohn in it as well, um, who was in Rogue One. Have you seen Rogue One? As I have seen Rogue the main One. bad guy. Oh right, yeah. yeah. Um, there's just, there's just so many actors. There are like there's just so many. I forget my friends' names, let alone actors' <laughs> names. <laughs> Like I went to school with this guy, but I met two two people last week. And I forgot. Yeah, got his name. Only only so much room up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, yeah, Ready Player One was great, and it's the first film since Avatar that I would recommend going to see in three D. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, because because I ended up seeing Avatar a ridiculous amount. Yeah. It was, I loved it when it came out. I, I think I saw Avatar four times in theatres. I saw it three. Two in 2D and one in 3D. Yeah. I, three in 2D. Oh my God, that's really difficult for my dyslexic brain to do. <laughs> three in two. 2D, one in 3D, yeah. Yeah. Um, but did you, do you think Avatar was better in 3D? It was, yeah. It was, yeah. This just, is the just f- things like well, I I think it was better to watch Avatar and have seen it first though. Yes, because you could being able to con- concentrate on the three D and be like, man, that looks so much like three D, and not yeah. be like, oh wait, 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 who is who is and what they what they trying to do with the with the what now and, yeah. the, and like it was much better to be like, man, I feel like this ash is gonna fall on my face. <laughs> I can taste it. Look, look at me. <laughs> I'm sticking my tongue out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is the first. First time since then, which was mm. 2009, that uh, I would say go see this in 3D. So it's like a every 10 years type thing. <laughs> yeah, there is a 3D so. film worth seeing in yeah. 3D. Because it, as well, because it, they're always like putting on the VR stuff for the Oasis, to put mm. glasses on mm. to experience this film in a whole new light, it was yeah. like a, is it's like another it's like cool a experience. Yeah. Um, maybe that's me just being a, cinema nerd but, <laughs> but i i think that was a really cool like addition to it you know? i think it does represent something like you're sitting down and putting on the equipment and they're sitting down and putting on the yeah equipment. yeah exactly um but as well i think ready player one did a lot of things um there was someone someone uh jordan voigt roberts who directed kong skull island mm-hmm. right I follow him on Twitter. He doesn't have a very big Twitter following. He like really doesn't, considering he directed like this massive summer blockbuster last year. <laughs> like he really, no one really knows who he is. But he was tweeting about it, and he was saying that he didn't think it did enough to um, say how dangerous like nostalgia fetishing, fetish, fetishization, fetishization. Thank you. Uh, is and I agree. Like it can be, but also the film does do that. 
Like, it's not a huge thing in the film, but the film does do that mm. to a degree. And there, there was a, it did a lot. It, there's a whole thing about like how who you are online is different to who you are in real life. Yeah, and like or like keeping your private identity safe while you're online and stuff like that. And it it does. It's more than just the film. There are only little things, and there's subtle things within the film. Mm. Um, but like, I don't know. I think you can pick up on them, and it has a few like messages there, yeah. but not massively. And there's, I've seen a few critiques saying like, you, they do, it didn't do that enough, and I'm like, it didn't need to. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't. I feel like if you're asking art to make your point for you, it's like, well, make then make some art. <laughs> yeah. Go and make so it's like if it did as much you as an artist, you always do as much as you want. Mm. As an artist, as someone who has been on stage a couple of times. Yeah. Speaking of, um, where is it? Where are you going with this? I have been reading. Oh, it's down here. Oh. I bought this in um, Albert Camus. Create I dangerous. I think it's Camus. I think it's Camus. Is it? I, I literally I, don't know. I feel like it is Camus. I feel like you would know better. I don't know why. But like, I feel very strongly that it's Camus. It's a lecture. Um, that he did in... I think it's Albert as well sorry, oh, sorry yeah. to any French people out there um, I think he is French yeah he is French so look at me um, <laughs> but yeah it's a lecture he did in like the 1956 or something about how uh, arti- the artist has a responsibility to challenge um, and <laughs> Ben was just pouring some water into his metal mug there I'm trying to <laughs> wash it out with the non-stouty yeah, beer um, but yeah, it's it's all about sort of how the artist... Oh, in fact, I'll read the blurb. How are we saying it? Albert Camus. Camus, okay. Uh, Camus argues passionately that the artist has a responsibility to challenge, provoke, and speak up for those who cannot in this powerful speech accompanied here by two other... as two other speeches in the back as well. But the main one is Create Dangerously and it's about, you know, being provocative as an artist and that you have a responsibility to challenge... Authority mm. and like challenge the things that aren't. I definitely think that that is a really really good point, and I think that you, that not that you have a responsibility to challenge, but probably if you're making something that doesn't challenge anyone, it's a bit boring. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Reading it, there's a few things I disagree with, um, and it he he says in it sort of the you know an artist that that creates art dispassionately or that creates art that doesn't challenge anything is um now it's been two weeks since i read it Mm. so i could be very much paraphrasing but like they're weak and like um not creating true art essentially Mm. and i do disagree with that i think yeah i I suppose it depends how you talk about true art because if true art is good art yeah then i think that if it's not challenging anything it probably is isn't good art I do disagree, I think. Art, anything that makes you feel something, I would say is good art. And that doesn't necessarily have to challenge anything. Uh, I feel like it does, because when you're feeling something, I think that you the experience of feeling something is you changing states of emotion. So, like, when someone gives you a chocolate bar and you get happy, it's because you previously didn't have a chocolate bar. I... S- so I, I think But it's a chocolate bar art. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've had a uh, K 
Cabaret's marvelous creations or not, but uh, <laughs> that is that, that shit is art. Yeah. Sorry. So, I, <laughs> so I think that yeah, I I think that my definition of good art is if it challenges me, and I think that that reveals not to bring everything back to Transformers. <laughs> this is your <laughs> bi-weekly chat about Transformers. Oh my god! But Transformers doesn't challenge any fucking thing. And it's so fucking bland, and that's why I hated it. And I was, and I had went on a big like um, like emotional journey of like, why did I like Black Panther? Why did I like Black Panther? It's because it fucking challenged things. There's a lot to there's a lot to mm. to unpack with Black Panther. I think there is that we're not going to do on this podcast. We're not going to do that because <laughs> we did a lot last podcast. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, about Forest Whitaker, mm. uh, we're going to crack open a new beer, Citra, Citra Haze. Haze. Uh, a New England IPA. Um, so New England, that's in the US. Yeah, it? it's like where Boston is. Boston's no, is it? No, New right England. in and tell us. Boston, where New England Boston is. is Massachusetts, isn't uh, it? Is New England a state? I'm not sure it's a state. New England. I'm pretty sure New England's. A state. It's a it's a fucking state at the moment. I'll tell you. <laughs> is New England a state? I don't think it I is. I always thought it was, but maybe it's not. Well, it, the thing is, my my concept of um, American states is so coloured by whether or not they're a swing state. <laughs> so whether or not they affect the presidency. Because um, I know that... Because the New England Patriots, I'm pretty sure, are based in Boston. Um, but I could be wrong. What does it say? Oh, no, it's a, it's a collection of states comprising the states of Maine, Vermont... Uh, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. Well, shit. I never knew that. Wow. New okay. England. New England. Here's to New England. So maybe they are based in Boston, the New England Patriots. They might. Shit team. <laughs> <laughs> right. Would you like to... Pray silence for the crack. Ooh. Oh, that was a good one. It was. Very well mm. done. So this is Citra Haze, is it? It is. So I expect this one to be mightily fruity. And on the nose, it's quite tart, actually. Quite... Ooh, I got mine fizzy. Oh it my looks God. like I've given you way less. You have, but, um, um... You've definitely listened to my head techniques. Because <laughs> I, I have the last of the bottle. I yeah. just fucking chucked it in. <laughs> so yeah, it smells very, very tart. Very, very light, actually, on the nose. Do you think? Yeah, I can't, I can't taste much um, much back talk from this guy. Yours smells like whatever cologne you're wearing. Oh, <laughs> 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 like it smells like cologne there. Oh, I'm really sorry. Um, hmm. Alright, I'm going to dive in for a sip. Yeah, let's go for it. That's nice. Very crisp. I wasn't sure. On the smell, whether mm. I'd enjoy it or not, but that is actually really nice. Very crisp, very light, which is nice after the stout. Because mm. that was the thing, it was like, I felt like I was chipping away at it. I couldn't drink it very quickly. Whereas this, I could probably inhale it, you know? Mm. Put it in a little asthma pump. <gasps> Get that in my lungs. Drown me in it. Drown me, yeah. <laughs> I was going to follow that up. I was gonna say drown me, daddy, and I I didn't. I knew I saw that you veered <laughs> I away. Just, I didn't know where, why I was going into that place. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Well, what have you been watching? So, I have been watching... Um, I've been watching a little little bit of oh, It's Always Sunny, but I mean, there's nothing new about that. Um, I got a, a Snapchat from our good friend Liam last night, um, who... <laughs> sounds like a euphemism. It just said the classic scene, and it was the whole implication scene. He just snapped uh, out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I've also, I finished The Last of Love, mm. which was incredible. And I've also been watching Casa de Papel, which is the Spanish series that I think I talked about a couple of, like, on the first or second podcast, or mm-hmm. pretty early in the podcast, yeah. um, which is a Spanish for The House of Paper, about this bank heist that they've all planned really, really well, and it's really, really cool. I've seen about that. It's so, so cool. And do you know what Netflix have fucking done? Cancelled it. No, that's so it, it's like Spanish, so it's, it's not controlled by Netflix. Right. But um, So they've put the entire series on there, but they've renamed it. So Casa de Papel, House of Paper, which is like really, really cool, because they're in a bank that prints banknotes yep. on paper. Uh-huh. It's really, really cool. What have they called it? Um, money heist <laughs> money heist oh wow I'm so fucking insulted oh. that they turned Casa de Papel house of house of paper <laughs> oh. into money heist money heist what a <laughs> shit the, name the equivalent of changing like saving private Ryan to war <laughs> war man <laughs> Oh my god! It's like every like I watch it, and it's very very good, and the acting in it is very very good, um, and the storyline it does do a lot of the like classic thriller thing of like, oh, and they're about to get caught, but this thing happened that we didn't tell you in the previous mm. episode, so, so now they're able to magically get out of it, which does piss me off a little bit, mm. but it's done very very well, mm. and the the emotion and the acting and people boiling over of sort of like, you know. They go. They go through a whole conflicting situation of like, what is it okay to do to hostages? Is it okay to torture them? And they, and then they end up turning on each other, and then they're like the whole torture uh, question comes out again. And so even though they don't torture each other physically, this girl plays Russian roulette with this guy, right. and so it's like. Where where does the definition of torture start and what's acceptable to do to a hostage and things like that? It's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not fucking money heist, though. <laughs> Don't you fucking come to me with you know, no money heist shit. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of really, really good emotions in there. Something that I'm really interested on, speaking... So I'm guessing it's, you know, they speak Spanish and you watch it subtitles. Yeah. yeah. So something I'm really interested in at the moment is Netflix... So they've, they're bringing out a lot of uh, foreign language stand-up specials, mm. which obviously are for the countries that those... The native language. Yeah, yeah. right? So like, there's one, there's a Korean one, uh, and there's a couple of French ones now. And I need to watch those. That's, they sound really cool. Well, I watched a couple of clips, and I just don't know that... Oh, does it not translate? It translates well, yeah, that's uh, the thing. Yeah. I watched a clip, there's a, new, um, there's a new one, a new French one. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. They have it has like an English name on the English Netflix or whatever. Mm. Well, I watched like a clip of it. It's not fucking money heist. Is and it? he's <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about like bouncers at a club, and I was like, I can see it's like situational 
mm. comedy or whatever, anecdotal, and I was like, I get what he's saying, and this is kind of funny, but it was the delivery. Mm. I just don't think it translated very well. He's talking about like bouncers at a club, and he's like, why do bouncers always hate me? Like, but and that is a funny thing to talk about, I think. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It just I don't think the translation quite came through very mm. well, which is a shame because I'd love to watch stand up in another language. Yeah, me too. And, and be able to understand it because I've got subtitles, you know. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I might might watch a couple of things before the next podcast. And mm. Yeah, give, I think. yeah, give it give it a go. I I've also been watching Fargo. There's a new series of Fargo out. Right, I'm not. I I'm two episodes away from the end of series two, and I still haven't finished it. I oh, might finish it tonight. Oh my god! Yeah. See, the thing with Fargo is it's so artistic, and it is also one of the best fucking shows on TV, hands down. It, it's that thing of like you wouldn't just eat a eat a chocolate cake. You'd pay attention to it. Yeah. You'd savor every single bite, <laughs> and so quite often I'll be watching Fargo, and then I'll have to do something. It's like this is a desecration. I must watch. Sit down for an hour and watch an entire episode of this. I can't. Yeah. It's not. It's not something you could binge. I don't think. And it's, no. And it's not something that you can like half watch and put on and then do something else, do the hoovering mm. or whatever. No. You've got to watch it. It's not a more than one episode a night kind of thing. Mm. I watched the first series, one episode a night. Um, It was over a Christmas holidays in 2014 to 15. Mm. My God, that first series is phenomenal. I think, I love the second series. Is it Martin Freeman? Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman is incredible. You would not know he's English. His Minnesota accent is so so spot on. And that whole series, and um, Billy Bob Thornton as well. In that they're just mm. phenomenal, and I think like and I love the second series. It's got like uh, Jesse Plemons who played Todd in Breaking Bad. If you've ever yeah. seen Breaking Bad, um, he's, he's a very different shape. I don't know if he put on a lot of weight. He put on that. a lot of weight between Breaking Bad and Fargo. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if that was for the character or whatever. But um, and then it's got uh, Kristen Dunst who was mm. Mary Jane in the original Spider Man films. <laughs> um, Ted Danson, um, the Wait. guy. Oh my god, that's Ted Danson! Ted Danson! Oh, it's got um, the mother from How I Met Your Mother, and I never remember her name. Oh, I know, I don't know her name. Mil- Miloti, I think, or something, has her last name. I can't I can never remember her last name. I can never remember her name. Um, and it's got uh, the guy from The X Files? I want to say. Look at me. Uh, it's not, is it? Is it? No, but fine. yeah, Fargo fine. is just so incredible, and um, there's a there's an opening scene. So the opening scenes of all of the episodes is um, this is a true story um, to protect the to to protect the lives of those who are still living. Um, the names have been changed to honor the dead. Uh, everything else has been kept the same. Mm. Oh, oh my god! Every time that gets me right in the chest, it's yeah. such a powerful statement. The con- um, Patrick Wilson, who's in The Conjuring, if you've seen that, right? Which is one of the f- my f- actual favorite um, horror movies, I think. One of, not my absolute favorite, but mm. it, the thing with The Conjuring is that it it was so good and it had such a good story, um, and it wasn't all jump scares and stuff. That's the thing. I I don't. Like, I jump scares are like the cheapest scare yeah. that you can get. But like, I like horror films, but I 
find it hard to find ones I like, if mm. you know what I mean. Because I just, I really like, I like gore, I like classic, old, gory, fucking mm. shithouse. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, and all like the Freddy Krueger stuff. stuff. Scream, in fact, Scream is my favourite horror film. And that's more like a black comedy, actually, in some ways, to be fair. So. Really? Yeah, have you never seen Scream? No. I, see, the thing is, I am a massive pussy. Right. So I, I can't... See, Scream isn't scary, really. It's quite funny. Okay. But it is scary. It's not... So, Scary Movie was the spoof of Scream. Mm. Um, and for a film to be spoofed, it can't be that funny in the first place. Mm. But Scream isn't... Isn't that scary. And it's not... And See, it, it does have funny things. Yeah. Because I it saw The Ring... It. The Ring fucked me oh, up. I never see, I've never seen that. I don't really want to. <laughs> the Ring is fucking... Like, there's there's a point where... there's this, So, there's this girl, right? And she's like a... She looks really fucking scary. And then she pulls her hair out of her mouth all the way. And that disgusting, scary stuff... Mm. I cannot deal with disgusting, mm. scary stuff. That's grim. Mm. Mm. And, and then, like... And then the woman, like, turns the TV off or whatever, and then she's got a hair in the back of her throat and she pulls it out. It's like, oh, my God. Chill out, man. <laughs> Just chill out. I'm not, not about that. Miss me with that hair <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, the worst is when you get yourself in your own joke. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no one else is going to find that funny. Moving back to my Create Dangerously. Thing. Yeah, Create Dangerously. So Penguin, every now and then, they do these like mini books for a pound. So this only cost me a pound. Look, mm. It says one pound in the bottom corner. I attest, it does say one pound. And they usually, on in Waterstone, I got this in Hatchards, in St Pancras Station. But Hatchards is a big, like, it's a good bookshop. There's mm. one in uh, Piccadilly. Um, beautiful bookshop. But yeah, so they should probably have them in Waterstones, because I remember buying something similar. In fact, I've got yeah, like I have a Nietzsche essay here. I think it's Nietzsche. Um, no, well, I would disagree. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue I... to say Nietzsche because that's. <laughs> oh my! Although you did I... do a philosophy degree. So I, I haven't shaved today, so my beard's feeling quite Nietzsche. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever read the History Boys or seen the History Boys? I haven't. No. Because they're talking about they, you've never heard of the History Boys. No. Ben, that's like, my... is that like the Beastie Boys? No, it's the History Boys. <laughs> Hang on, I'm I've got it. I've got the book of it. It's a play. Um, it is my favourite play, my number one. Oh. Numero uno. And I have never seen it as a play. <laughs> really? I've only I've read it like ten times. Mm. And there was a film, and the film is so spot on to the play that it's like. I completely accept that as mm. seeing it. Um, it's Alan Bennett, written by Alan Bennett. Oh, I do like Alan Bennett. Yeah, and Have you listened to hilarious. Alan Bennett's diaries? No. He's a very charming man. I can imagine. Um, but no, the History Boys is phenomenal. It's about a bunch of um, a bunch of boys, uh, boys who just finished sixth form, mm. and they find out the results, and that and they're all applying to Oxford and Cambridge, so they go back to school. To have like lessons to keep having lessons to apply to Oxford and Cambridge, right? Um, and it, it's just phenomenal. And it there's so many like things that are like brought up, so many questions, and 
And they're talking about... So they're all, like, history students, mm. like, first and foremost, really. But it gave so many people their careers. So the stage show, all the cast in the film were the cast from, like, the original stage show. And that right. is... James Corden. Oh, really? Dominic Cooper. Um, uh, have you seen Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency? I have, yeah. The guy who plays Dirk Gently, he's in it. Oh, yes. Um, he plays Posner. He's fucking great. Um, the guy who played Harry Potter in um, the Cursed Child Theatre play. Oh, yeah. The guy who played yeah. the grown-up Harry Potter. He, mm. him, his name, um, Scripps. Um... There's, there's so, and there's so many faces. A lot of people. Have you seen Gavin and Stacey? You watch Gavin and Stacey. I have seen Gavin. So and Stacey. a lot of like Gavin and Smithy's mates. What like Chinese Allen? Like Chinese Allen and and like Chinese Allen's the only one I ever remember. And fingers <laughs> and like all of them. They were that's just they're just all people from the History Boys mm. because that was like James Corden's like first thing. Mm. And look at James Corden now, mental. Yeah. But yeah, they're all like young. People. James Corden's young in it, like really young. Mm. Um. Oh, and it had um, the guy who played um, Harry Potter's uncle. <laughs> oh, what's that serious name? Black? No, no, no. You know, like Uncle Vernon, whatever. Oh, horrible. yeah. He is one of the teachers in it, and it, he's just. Oh, he'd be so good as a teacher. He's so good. He plays his teacher Hector. It's it'll break your heart, Ben. It'll break <laughs> goddamn heart. But the History Boys, watch the film because the film is like does the play justice like fully so i know that you said before we started recording that you've been on a sketch show binge i have what one that one sketch show that you have to watch is <laughs> horn and cordon i was about to say you're gonna say horn and cordon horn and cordon i used to so absolutely good. love horn i and cordon. cried at that oh my god i remember like i watched it when it came out because i was already really into gavin and stacy back then so i was like horn and cordon right cool i watched that and i there's this one sketch that I will never forget mm. from Horn and Corden. And, <laughs> and I remember because I watched it, we used to have, this is before I had a laptop. Mm. So I had to watch this on BBC iPlayer on the computer downstairs in the living room with my parents in the room. Mm. And there's this one sketch and like James Corden's having sex with this woman and he's just constantly just like, I'm going to come, I'm going to come, I'm going to come. And he goes on for ages and ages and ages. And then he's like, oh. Any minute now. <laughs> and it's just and it, like it's so funny and so good. I my, my uh, favorite sketch from that is there uh, is two like Christian guitar guys and they're like <laughs> so they're like we love you Jesus we, we want your peace on earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wish that that was more accessible now. Mm, like, yeah, I wish that I was, was on Netflix. I was think, like, as I was thinking, like, oh yeah, you have to watch Horn and Corden. I think that you might have to try and find it on YouTube or something yeah. if you want to listen to it. But oh, that's a shame. But yeah. that, that was a great sketch show. Mm. I remember that. Apparently, they did. They like hate each other now. I think. Really? It was Gordon and Matthew Horn. Yeah, which is a shame because they yeah they did that lesbian vampire killers together. As well, yeah, like, lesbian vampire killers. I didn't think was very good. I never saw it, I, I but saw I heard it. it wasn't very good. So yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Horn and Corn was great. But no, I'm yeah, I'm on a massive sketch show binge at the moment. I say massive sketch show binge. Those two sketch shows are that Mitchell and Web look <laughs> and Limmy show, which we spoke about last time. But I Did watched we... that that fucking brain surgeon sketch is <laughs> so good. I was sat here and I knew, I just knew what was coming the entire time. 
I was sitting here watching it. He's like, not exactly brain surgery though, is it? <laughs> and then I was like, I just, I, you can just see what's coming, and that, it makes it so much better yeah. that you get the payoff yeah. as well. And then someone walks in, they're like, oh, sorry, hi, Simon. He was like, sorry, I'm late. She was like, long day at the Space Center. And you just <laughs> know exactly what's coming from there. <laughs> He's like, I'm a brain surgeon. Not exactly rocket science, though, is it? And it's just <laughs> so good. Oh, it, it, perfect. Mm. That's probably the best one I've seen. Also, the working from home. Yeah. Sketch. <laughs> it's so good. Have you got have you got past the wanking stage yet? <laughs> it's so good. So uh what what are you and Simon talking about? Oh, you know, just just stuff talking about working from home and, you know, time saving tips and all that sort of thing. Really? See I'd f- I find it hard to get past all the wanking. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, so watch that Mitchell and Webb look. It's like it's so funny. They are such a funny pair. I, I, can you remember on the last podcast? Did I talk about the cash machine sketch? No, I don't think so. So uh, the cash machine sketch is like, uh, so, so it starts off. Ding ding ding. Hi there. I yeah, I'd like to buy a cash machine. Oh yeah, certainly. Ching. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one that I'd like to buy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll just ring you up. Ka-ching! Oh yes, you did talk about this last time, yeah. <laughs> it's so perfect, and in fact, I keep waiting for that sketch to come up because they're replaying that Mitchell and Webb sound. Yeah, because you've radio- I've, I've been watching like I've been listening to them all mm. as they're coming available, and I was like, I went to listen to the first one, but it had already gone. Yeah, and then I went to listen to the next one, and I was like, ah, it's not even out yet. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah, because that's the thing. So you have introduced me to the world of radio sketch show comedy it's so good and it's so good um i absolutely love it like but just yeah the the show as well just mm. there's just so like number wang is, <laughs> is seven that's no. number wang <laughs> 44 that's number wang six that's not number wang <laughs> it's so good it's just so ridiculously good um and yeah and let me show the the Lloyd's Fumasi thing. <laughs> oh man, Limmy Show is like when it's good, it's good. Yeah, I was saying to Ben before we started the podcast um, that I watched an episode of Limmy Show the other day and I didn't laugh like once. I was just sat like blank faced the whole episode and I was kind of like, oh, that was disappointing. And that happens every now and then, but when it's good, it's so good. Mm, it's uncontrollably good. Yeah. Like, uh, because I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but um, Limmy's homemade show. No. So there, there's a sketch in that where he's sitting on the sofa and he looks over and he goes, I, I can't even tell if those are my boy's shoes or mine. <laughs> they, they could be my boy's. He's about six. You know, they'd be very small shoes or, or they could be mine. I see the thing is I'd have to get up and look at them. And so he gets up. <laughs> And there are these like blue Nike trainers on the thing, and then like you see his hand grab the trainers, and they're beige trainers. <laughs> He's like, "Oh no, they were mine. They were mine." <laughs> he puts them back in their blue Nike trainers. <laughs> That's the thing, because like Limmy's show gets really out there sometimes. It does, and yeah. like sometimes it doesn't. 
it doesn't quite connect. So there's there's also a, without just going through the entire show, there's there's a show, uh, there's a sketch where he's saying like, oh, how do you have a go at a guy for littering? Like you can't just be like, oh, excuse me, can you put that back? Because what if he gets aggressive? Then you've just said you've just been really polite to someone who's quite aggressive. Mm-hmm. So you have to go in really really aggressive. But then it goes back to him on his laptop going. Ah, uh, you see, I fucked this sketch up, right? So, I, so the whole premise of this sketch was that I was walking along and then I like thought of something funny and then I filmed it. But um, you can see my bike in the background there. <laughs> <laughs> he like points it. He's like, "What the fuck are you supposed to believe that I fucking walked there with my bike?" <laughs> it's amazing. Oh man. Libby's homemade show on iPlayer now. Sorry, Americans, try and pirate it some way. I don't pirate anything. <laughs> we don't endorse that. No, but mm. but it might be on BBC Atlantic. You have that, right? Then you That's lads? thing, right? I th- I think they have like BBC a BBC America. BBC America. Yeah. There we go. Mm. Right, final beer. Final beer. This is the one I can't pronounce. Oh, can I have a go? Equino. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Equino. Equinot. Which I think might be a joke on Equinox. See, I was thinking that, but Equinox. Yeah, Equinox, maybe? Equinox. Yeah, okay, yeah. But, like, we're nowhere near an Equinox, though, are we? Pray silence for the crack. Oh, I had to get that one in quick. Um, I guess summer Equinox? No, it's not yeah, really. It's, it's, spring? We're, like, in between. Is there a spring one? There's, There's no really spring, spring Equinox, no. Although I do love me equinoxes. So taking the old equinox on, on the nose. Oh, that's quite fruity. I think that we've left left a good one to the end. Oh, I think so. so. I'm trying to think what spice there is in there. There's a... Um, there's a, almost like rose. We chose equinox for its nuanced, complex aromas that include orange peel, pine oh. and fresh peppers. Ah, oh, see, maybe it's the peppers. Mm. But I think that there definitely is like a spiced note in there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Mm. That's um. Yeah, I'm gonna have a taste. Oh, oh, I've just gone in for a for a sip, and it like if mm. the first beer was very very simple, this is quite complex. Mm. You do need a couple of sips before you fully appreciate. What you've got in your hands, you know? Mm. Yeah, this is, um, I like it a lot. But it's really interesting. Mm. It is. It's like, it's a very complex flavour. Yeah. Like like a curry or something. You need to pull out the different, different spices involved. Mm. Mm. That's not to say that I don't like spices. Speaking of spices and food. Dua Lipa. (laughs) Well, indeed. Um... But another show I've been watching, one that I've been absolutely loving, is Ugly Delicious. Oh my god. Now, I think that Ugly Delicious is the best food documentary series I have ever seen. Like, hands down. I would 100% concede that. Because it's not just about the food. It's it like very political. It's Yeah, but it's... Because that's the thing. It's So each episode is about a different type of food. Not about a different chef or a different place. But different type of food. So the first episode is pizza. The second episode is tacos. The third episode is home cooking, I think. Fourth one is about crayfish and or crawfish and 
shell and shellfish or something. Uh, I've got a fear of lobsters. I'm going to skip that one. <laughs> it's a good episode actually, but yeah, you might not like it. I don't mm. know. There's no lobster in it. To be okay. fair. Um, the next one's about barbecue. The next one's about fried chicken. You know, it's all about different kinds of foods. And what it does is it it like dives into the history around the food. Mm. It talks about where the food came from, about the evolution of the food, um, the meat, what that food means to people, and then why it's important to innovate. Mm. Because there's something that I've that's, I'm getting with this. So the whole argument around cultural appropriation for example mm. sometimes can get a tad out of hand uh in that you know like i remember once uh there was a big uproar because a university canteen was serving sushi right and that was like appropriating japanese culture or something and i was mm. like that's taking it a very much a step too far yeah. and what so the, the the guy who hosts it david chang is Korean-American chef. And he owns a bunch of restaurants, in uh, noodle restaurants in America, I think. And the whole point that he's making with this show is that food... You've got to innovate with food and you've got to... Like, they go to Japan and find out how the Japanese do their pizza. And, like, how pizza is this really important thing to this Japanese chef. And that's, like, what he does. Mm. And this Japanese chef is talking about how he loves pizza but this is nothing like italian pizza and yeah, while so the italian like sushi stuff on it isn't he yeah like he's got his completely his own spin on pizza and while he's grateful for the, the origins of the pizza from the italians he can't just serve italian pizza mm. and it there's no there's no authenticity or or um organicness to what he's making there mm. and i think that's really important um like people putting their own spin and their own cultural spin on food. And it was interesting what the American guy was saying is like, um, so like a uh, pizza Neapolitana. Yeah, from it, Naples, like where yeah. where pizza came from. So there's regulations on like the the buffalo mozzarella must be served. Within twenty four hours or something like that. Like, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, and it has, but it has to also have come from this one specific farm in Italy or something. Yeah. For it so, to be. so Naples is like apparently the Nepalese have like some cheese in the morning, cheese in the afternoon, and cheese in the evening because you can't serve a Napolitana at, at the wrong time yeah. with the with the wrong kind of cheese. But then he was saying like. Well, if we want to make a Napolitana in the US, we've got to fly it over. Yeah. So obviously it's not going to be 24 hours. So I found that really, really interesting, that restriction. Yeah. And they talk about, like, the uh, the idea of, like, authenticity as well. And how, like, he thinks the idea of authenticity in food is bullshit. Mm. Um, and how, like, if you're constantly looking for, like, authentic cuisine, then it's just, it's, it's all, like, a load of shit because mm. of the way that food just evolves and like gets innovated throughout over time and stuff and i just the show as a whole and it talks like not only is the food beautiful and it'll make you so hungry it makes yeah don't watch it at night because you will get the hangries i started watching it on a train oh, and i watched yeah. the pizza and tacos episode both on a train and i got off that train at king's cross and i went straight to a taco place and got myself some tacos <laughs> for lunch i was like i can't not this luckily there's a place in um, king's cross what is it 
Is this not Benito's? Is it Benito's hat in King's I, Cross? I don't know. I just breeze through King's Cross. But it's up. It's in the upstairs food bit, and I was just like, you know what? I need some fucking tacos right now because Jesus. So mm. yeah, but it, it it's phenomenal, and like all the history and and just just these people just care so much about their food. They do, yeah, and that that is the beautiful thing. Like there was um, there was a guy. I can't can't remember if it was the first pizza in the US or the first pizza place in the Midwest or Mm -hmm. he was the first something. And he just always made um, pizzas dough really, really wet. And the the guy coming over was like, your pizza dough is really, really wet. He's like, well, that's how my granddad made it. So that's how I'm going to make it. Mm. And it it wasn't like, there was no consideration really to anything else other than this is how we do things around here and this is the yeah. tradition. And which also, I thought was really, really interesting. Yeah, but also that's fine. Yeah. Like what they're saying is like, you know, people like that pizza is fucking good pizza. So you want to stick to tradition and because it's making good pizza, then do it. Mm. And like the guy, so the, the, the guy that they like send around on that episode is from Brooklyn. He had, he has this like really famous Brooklyn style pizza and he doesn't think for him, pizza is, is tomato sauce and cheese and that's it. Anything with like more toppings is not pizza. Mm. So they send him to fucking Italy and they send him to all these fucking other restaurants in, in like pizza restaurants in America. And he's like, this is fucking amazing. This pizza is incredible. But I think even at the end, I think he's still like, it's not really pizza, mm. but it was good. Like, so I don't know. It's just, yeah, there's so much to it as a show and yeah. it, it just dives into everything you could possibly want to know about that type of food. And I think that actually, like, now specifically, we are in such a global age. Like, a mm. hundred years ago, people wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, the way that they make pizza in London is different to how they make it in Paris. We wouldn't be eating pizza We wouldn't be years eating ago. pizza. It's like, eat your fucking wheat sludge that we call bread. <laughs> your gruel. Eat your and, gruel, boy. And you, you be happy about it. We're going <laughs> to gonna have a roast because that's apparently the only fucking english thing we can manage to do <laughs> and that's it whereas like now we're like oh yeah but the uh the chinese they put pr- paprika in it they put paprika is that okay is that all right <laughs> so i think it's really really it's a really really interesting conversation to have now now that we've got so, so much access to all of culture i think that's really really like it's we have such a rich life if you think about like if you're a king in the 1500s, mm. you couldn't live the luxury that I live today. Yeah, that's bad <laughs> like, to think, yeah. The niceness of a bath, the niceness of a hot shower every single day, mm. the niceness of having pizza, pasta, well, on my keto diet, I'm having none of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> but, like, having my corn substi- meat substitutes and then having some Chinese and then having some Indian... No, no one would have experienced the quality of life that I have experienced now, and I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy because like on the pizza thing, mm. what they were saying as well is that pizza now is is it's it's American. Like pizza, you've got Italian pizza, which is where pizza originated from, but pizza as we know it now is not Italian. Mm. Pizza, it's it's Italian American at a stretch, but it's it's American. Mm. is what it is now because the Italian Americans in America well, the guy was, over the guy was saying it's American Italian not Italian American that's it yeah and mm. it, I just I think all of that is just so interesting and there's so much culture and history around mm. just food and food is so good it is yeah oh. and I, I think that that's, that's something really really interesting because like 
um, one of my friends, Bob, he um, he makes a lot of Thai food. Sorry, that just really sounded like you made up a name. To say. <laughs> it is my friend, Bob. His, his real name is Paul. <laughs> so you did make up a name. He made up a name. Okay. Because he had he had like a Bob when he was growing up. Right. Um, so all of his all of his um, siblings called him Bob. So he answers to Bob. And um, once someone said, "Have you seen Paul?" and I said, "No, I I have no idea who Paul is." And they were like, "Were you just talking to him?" And I was like, "No, I was talking to Bob." <laughs> <laughs> so that was an, that was an interesting confusion. But um, yeah, my friend Bob, he um, he was taught to make like Asian um Thai food, and then he was working in a Thai restaurant. And a Thai family came in and said to the waitress afterwards, like, that was so amazing. Can I meet the Thai chef? Because I want to know, like, how, how soon it's been since he's come over. Like, I want to know how he's doing. And he, and they brought Bob out and they were like, I don't believe someone, <laughs> Thai, and someone not Thai made this meal. Mm. And I think that that is the beauty of food. It's like, it's a language that you can work, you can learn so perfectly mm. And so precisely that it can translate perfectly in the way that like you 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 can't learn you would learn a recipe and it wouldn't have an accent in the same way that learning a language you'd still have an accent. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is just amazing. It's it's a m- truer way of expressing emotion. It's a better language than language. That's that's beautiful, man. <laughs> honestly i just yeah i completely agree like i think just food is one of the most wonderful things that mm. that we have like culturally as well like mm. like because english food culturally is kind of a sack of shit yeah like there is some great stuff pie yeah a good pie Pasties. a good like steak pie or something mm. that's good there's a there's a lot of good english food I don't even see. I say that, but I don't know that that a, 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 a pie is English. I suppose it is. They used to have, yeah. I suppose a pie is quite I, an English I, thing. Yeah, I, I think it's probably European. But um, like I just think back, you know, old bakeries would be would make pies and like yeah. meat pies and stuff, wouldn't they? Like in like yeah, that like years ago. Yeah, you know. So I think you know that's. I'm probably right there. But again, I don't know. It could be a European thing. Mm. You know. Tell us your favorite English dish. Right in. And your favourite type of cuisine. Yeah. What's your favourite type of food? Like Chinese, 100%. I do like Chinese, but it's got to be Mexican for me. And barbecue as well. I know you're not big on barbecue, but... Um, See, what do you have when you go Mexican? So there's, there's so much. There's so yeah, much exactly. you can do. So what is your, like, well, I'm going to have this? I mean, or does it change every time? It changes a lot. I mean, we are actually going to have fajitas tonight. I oh, do enjoy okay. fajitas an awful lot. That was what made me like Mexican food when I was younger. We'd have fajitas and they were always my favourite meal. Mm. But now, so I don't know if you are aware of um, Rick Stein. I think it's Rick Stein. Yep. I feel like I know his name. Yeah. He's a like TV chef. Yeah. Um, but he did a series uh, about like Mexico, whole series about Mexican food and like California and Mexico. He like started in like San Francisco, mm. travelled all the way down to Mexico, like experiencing all the food and stuff. And then and brought out a cookbook, mm. and I I got that for Christmas, and I've been like I'm going mad on it at the moment. There's so many like good things, and in the show, and he talks about like again he like 
goes to the places and talks about the culture of the food and all that sort of stuff. And there's so many good things in there. Like I'm, I'm making, uh, I just got some uh, maize flour to make my own corn mm. tortillas. Oh, that sounds really good. I'm really excited to like do like tacos properly and stuff. Yeah. And uh, like and actually make corn tortillas myself because the corn tortillas in like that you can buy in like Tesco are made with wheat flour. <laughs> which is like not what they not yeah. what the corn tortilla is. So like they taste like they're like pretty much there, mm. but apparently it tastes like way better if you make. It's literally just like the um, the maize flour, water, and a tiny bit of salt, and like they're really easy to make. So I'm mm. really excited to do that. Um, but I love Mexican food of all kinds. There's not been a Mexican food thing that I've had that I've not enjoyed. Wow. So. Those and it's it's so. always the one that excites me the most. That mm. and barbecue. In terms of cooking, because I love cooking as well, mm. so much. And I really enjoy barbecuing, like on an actual barbecue as well. And this like this summer, I'm really excited to like step up my barbecue game and like really experiment with some more things. Because, you know, for the past few years, it's always been like, just we have a barbecue and we do some sausages, we do some burgers and we do all the, yeah. you know, some grilled courgettes, which are really nice, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about those cautions. <laughs> I, I felt like I had to throw something in there for you, <laughs> um, but you know, and uh, but this year I'm I want to really push the boat out, and experiment, like make my own barbecue sauce, like really like experiment and yeah, I try and like I need to send you Brian's um, like slow cooker thing because I think that you would be very excited about it. I was literally talking to my dad today about using the slow cooker mm. to create some really cool stuff, like doing some like pulled pork stuff in a slow cooker and like especially like for barbecue stuff but I find it already exciting and I love cooking so it's all yeah it does sound exciting I'm very excited we should probably wrap this we up we should wrap this up um yeah we I think we're, after that two hour episode we're quite conscious of sticking to, <laughs> yeah. to at least an hour and a half now um but I, I've had a good time, even yeah, though it's been to. two and a half weeks, and it's it seemed like an eternity. It'll be two. It'll be another two before we do it again. It will. But by this, it's weird. You by will the have next, a lot to talk by about. the next time we podcast, I will be into six gigs. Jesus Christ, six! And then we'll be going to see the streets the we week will. later. We're seeing the streets. We're seeing the streets. Well we paid some money. A to lot our, of money. A lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited so, for that. I'm so excited for that. Man. But yes, so, yeah. Dua Lipa at Ali Pali is going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, gosh. I'm just excited for this whole week. The One D is one of the best live bands around. Mm. So getting to see them three three times in a week is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a good week for you. Yeah. And Lower Than Atlantis, a big homecoming show in Watford, is going to be out of this world. I've seen them in Watford before, but in like a tiny... In the, mm. There's a pub called The Flag... I've been to the flag. Yeah, so they did a show there for free mm. as like a Reading and Leeds warm up before they because they were doing main stage at Reading and Leeds that year, and it was great. Like they're a great live band. I've seen them a bunch of times, but yeah, I'm really excited for that. Mm. It's gonna be good. But yes, thank yes. you for listening. Thank you for listening. Um, don't forget to get in touch with us. Yeah, at, follow us on the social media. On all of the social media, everyone except Tumblr. We don't have a Tumblr. I don't. Uh, want, I'm not, we're not, not gonna not make a Tumblr. <laughs> Um, I recently del- I had Tumblr for ages and I deleted it off my phone. Mm. I was like, I don't use it anymore. It's just boring. Yeah. I mean, on a personal because I just followed a bunch of like really pretty looking things, like um, aesthetic things. Yeah, but that's, I got Instagram for that now. Yeah, 
So I don't need it. So, um, all of them but Tumblr and YouTube. We don't have YouTube. Does that, does that count as social media? Um, it probably does on some sort of definition. Probably. But yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> th- thank you for listening. Yes. And uh, I love you. Uh, it, it's getting like the 11th date. <laughs> We're allowed to say I love you now. <laughs> yes, but you've said it. Every eleven other times. Yeah, as you well. don't. You never fucking say it back, do you, <laughs> listener? <laughs> fucking hell. Um, just. I feel like I give everything in this relationship. You know. A few shout outs to people that have messaged me oh, about yeah. about the podcast. Uh, shout out to Liam as always, and shout out to Alfie as well, Alfie Hutchins, who did an Instagram live video the other day of him playing guitar over a uh, Gravity backing track by John Mayer, mm. and I was sat there like mesmerized. He like I have said this before, but this kid is a fucking blues wizard, <laughs> and I could hear, I could tell the backing track was Gravity, mm. and I just watched it, and I had to message him straight afterwards, like, "What the fuck, man? That was like ridiculous because it was just so good and just so he has the tone right on the guitar, so good." Anyway, um, so big shout out to him as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we will. Uh, we'll see you all in two. Well, we won't see you. That's part of the will... gimmick. <laughs> no one ever sees us. But... Well, actually, our mouths in your ears. You see us on the weeks. Instagram, I guess. We do, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you'll hear from us <laughs> again <laughs> in, in two weeks. So thank you so much for listening. Yep. Um, and we'll see you soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye.